White Breakdown is back with David Jones, as you can see, getting his morning fill of his favorite coffee, Starbucks. He's a Starbucks guy. I'm Bob Flounders. We are going to talk about some Penn State football. David, it's good to see you. It's been a, it's been a little while. How are we doing? What's new in downtown? Have you done your homework, your basketball coach's homework? Yeah. You, 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 you saw that list, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I threw it out, but no, I saw it. No, I, I, I know you told me somebody who wants the job, but I, I'm keeping that yes. close to the vest. There's more than one though. There's keeping that more close than to the vest. We're more than about I thought. Penn State basketball job, but Dave, how are things in Downingtown? Sunny, melting, yeah. melting, melting. Yeah, this is a two dog, uh, blue white breakdown podcast. Dave's got his dog Kaiser. Greg Pickle, who you can't see, has Lola somewhere close by. He's listening in, handling a lot of the production. So it's a two. I don't know where Kaiser is. Huh? I don't know where Kaiser is. I mean, mean I didn't sleep thoughts? well last night. I literally just got up. I almost missed this. Mm -hmm. And um, he's well, not here. Is he in the house? No, Anna must have taken him out. Oh, okay. Or, or, or Nick. <clears throat> Nick's home from college, so he might have taken uh, him out. What are the possibility that Kaiser's just had enough of your butt? What, what if he just said, I'm out? Zero. He has to be. He thinks he's a person. He, he loves people. He has, it always mystifies me when people talk about their dog. The dog got out and ran away. Dog got out. The dog got out and ran away. What, it, what kind of dog does that? They, they, they <laughs> a dog that's hate, not hate. loved. A dog that's yes. not loved. Yes. 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 They must hate their existence. The, yeah. the German Shepherds never run away. They look at you like this and like, Okay, what are we doing? What are we doing now? What are we doing now? What are we doing? If everyone looked at us like the way German Shepherds looked at you, it'd be a much happier place. It would. That's absolutely true. Bob, you're very perceptive. Coffee. I saw you had a little uh, a little breakfast fruit. So you're ready to go? Let's uh, do it. Okay, just one bit of, one bit of quick news, and then we're going to get to the first thing I wanted to talk with you. Anthony Poindexter, the Purdue safety coach, made it official. He's now Penn State safeties coach and co-defensive coordinator with Brent Pry. We'll see what he can do. Penn State's clearly got some defensive issues they got to get together. He was a great player, a safety at Virginia. I think he won a Super Bowl ring with the Ravens as a late round pick. Been at Purdue for a while. I'm, I'm sure he can recruit or James wouldn't have it on his staff, but let's just see. He's, he's replacing Tim Banks, who is now the Vols defensive coordinator. So uh, I'm sure we'll hear from him via Zoom call maybe <clears throat> in a week or two. Hopefully, if spring practice ever gets uh, set up, maybe we'll get the now, How many well, – let me let me interject a question here. Go. How many of these types of hires uh, do you think when you, when you see the hire, you think this is purely a recruiting hire? I, I don't mean, think this... he would ever hire a coach that wasn't – if he's not a good, like, boots-on-the-ground recruiter, he's a good closer. In other words, whether it's Joe Moorhead or Mike Yursich, the guys that can, can paint the vision and, and kind of close the deal along with James. So I think that's obviously got to be a huge part of it. It has to be. I, I think there are times, and I don't even know if Poindexter is one of these. It just occurred to me, though, was sometimes you see a hire and you're thinking, you know, probably <laughs> – 
there there are techniques to DB coaches and tight end coaches on a lot of these coaches, but sometimes you see them and think this is a salesman. This yeah. is a salesman to be on the sales force. So yeah. I don't know if this is one of them. It just occurred to me that that because that happens, man. Yeah, well, he was a he was a hell of a player at Virginia, much like Taylor Stubblefield was a hell of a receiver at Purdue, and that worked out, I would say, pretty good for Penn State in year one. And they need their safeties to play better. So I'll be curious to see, Dave, how it works out. But Dave, I want to start with, I really enjoyed uh, what you wrote. I believe it was, this is, we're doing this on Wednesday around lunchtime. I like what your follow-up piece on Mike Yursich and kind of a, a deep dive into. Oh, Brett Siancia, yeah. Yeah, what kind of made his offenses tick in recent years. And what I, my, one of the things I enjoyed most about it was he is a guy that that is very good at fitting his talent around uh, fitting his team around his talent. I had that reversed. So he's going to try and he's going to take what he has, the best parts of what he has. It sounds like, and then kind of design a scheme that emphasizes that. Is that correct? Yeah, and as he has gotten older, uh, the evidence shows. I mean, this was this was a metric set. It was a stat mind story. So I used uh, Brett Sciancia from Pick Six previews as. He's going to be the Ken Pomeroy of college football. I'm convinced. I mean, the sure. kid is—he's a sick—he's a sick young, young man. He—he he loves his numbers, but I mean, he's really, really good at it. They, yeah, as as Yursic, uh settled into that Oklahoma State job, and he was there for six seasons. Uh, he took it took a while to get it moving. Uh, then they got then they got Rudolph. Who you know had a big arm? Do you remember Rudolph in in college? Do you remember him Mason well? Jason Rudolph yeah, before, well, before he tangled with Jason Garrett. He was a good quarterback at Oklahoma. Not Jason Garrett, Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles he was Garrett. a very good quarterback at Oklahoma State. Very good. Um, pretty big arm. Is yeah. is he is he bigger than he looks? He doesn't strike me as. No, big. he's a pretty big. I think the Steelers actually like him, and they're not they're not a. Once Ben does walk away, I think he might get a real shot. You know, I mean, well, yeah, they've never seemed to really embrace him. They keep trying to prop up Ben. Yeah, and they don't give him a shot. But once they got a hold of Rudolph, uh, the Oklahoma State offense took yeah. off, and and eventually was top uh, five percentile in the last ten years in college football, not just that one season. Uh, but then. They had to make do. Gundy didn't really have a a talented quarterback, particularly talented quarterback in the pipeline. And they had to make do with a kid named Taylor Cornelius, who was had been a walk on. And Yursich converted the offense to what he did best. He didn't have the big arm anymore. Um, he, he made that work. Uh, then at Texas. Uh, he had in between, he went to Ohio state in 2019, but last year at Texas, I think, you know, about Sam Ellinger and not, not, I don't know. How would you, who would you compare Sam Ellinger to who's, who's not seen Texas? Didn't see him the last couple of years. Well, I don't Certainly know. I mean, the, way that, the way that they used him, they, I thought they used Will him Levis. Trace McSorley. Yeah. He's kind of a combination of Will Levis and Trace McSorley. Yeah. Um, uh, but not a big arm, certainly. Uh, neither was Trace, but a fearless runner. And he he made it happen again with that offense. Um, yeah. 
So he's done it. The, the, I was doing the, the Penn State uh, basketball coach search, and I, and I ran into a couple guys who had done it different ways. And when you see somebody who can make it work, make make the players work rather than the system, no matter what players they have, that's a coach I want. So yeah. the evidence shows that this guy really knows what he's doing. Of course, you never know. We'll see. Right. So let's let's check out Dave's story on Penn Live. I highly recommend it. I thought it was good info. And Dave, if that guy is the next, uh, who'd you say he was? The, he's the, the equivalent in basketball. The oh Ken Ken, Ken Pomeroy. Ken yeah, I, I, yeah. If he if this guy's as good as Ken Pomeroy, you, you got to get in on the ground floor, man. And just kind of I'm I, I gave him a Heisman vote, and he couldn't right. believe it. I mean, I I I met him. He he just wore he. He lives just south of Westchester here, not very far from me. Yeah. And he, I'm going to say this, even though I hate this phrase, he Same. reached out. Did you think the era of reach out began with Paul Vigna in our office? Or was it before, <laughs> when before I think that? Of Paul, I think of a lot of things. Like what, what I mostly <laughs> think of, what I mostly think of is 20,000 word enterprise assignment. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> when did people first start saying they read? My two cents. My two cents. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about my two cents. But when did people start saying they reached out? It's only been in the last six, eight years, right? Yeah. yeah. Instead of good, well, I called him. I texted him. He texted me. He mm -hmm. emailed me. Called me. No, there's it's reaching out. Reach so, out. Reach yeah, out. So I. He did reach out. Brett Ciancia is the kid who, who runs Pick yeah. 6 Previews. I can't recommend him enough. Uh, really, really interesting uh, numbers guy. And, you know, I'm not a metrics guy. Are you a metrics guy? Not a metrics expressly guy. I'm a Coors Light guy, Dave. That's it. Coors hmm? Light. I'm a Coors Light guy. That's it. Not metrics. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Cubs man and I'm a Bud, Bud fan. <laughs> they. Dave, Dave, also nice humble brag with giving out the Heisman vote. I liked it. I liked it. Well, I thought he deserved it. I right. mean, we've got some guys. You, you, you are pretty good about. You don't just you don't hand them out like uh, bus passes. You're pretty strict with your. You, you vet everyone you give a you give one to. Yeah, yeah. I I try to because I think there's 25 of them in Pennsylvania, and we ought to be informed. Um, yep. We had to see a breadth of football. Um, for instance, the Pittsburgh guys, they had, at least in the old days, they had a, an opportunity to see three different leagues out there. Yeah. Because um, they could drive down and see West Virginia. You can see the whole Big 12. I always thought those guys were valuable. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Well, it's the blue-white breakdown with Dave Jones and his coffee mug. Uh, just talked a little bit about Mike Yersich. This, this goes right into it, Dave. I was just thinking 2021 – when you think about the fact that Justin Fields has moved on, Michael Penix tore his ACL, I'm not that excited about the Big Ten quarterback class for 2021. But is Penn State maybe in better shape than we think at quarterback with a veteran like Sean Clifford? Because we just talked about how um, Mike Yersich is really good at getting – the best out of the quarterback that he has. Now you could, Sean didn't play great. I don't think in 2020, but when we saw him healthy, tough kid, not afraid to stick his nose in there. He's got plenty of arm. He's experienced. He's a smart kid. He's deceptively fast. So maybe is Penn state in a little bit better shape at quarterback than most fans realize. 
I would compare it to Northwestern uh, a couple years ago when when Fitz finally decided to dump his offensive coordinator, who uh, Mick, I think his name was Mick McCall, and he'd been kind of conservative, but had not done. Uh, Northwestern had had either gotten through transfer or recruitment some very highly regarded quarterbacks, but they ended up for four years with kind of a loaf of wonder bread named Clayton Thorson. And you remember Clayton Thorson, right? I love your descriptions. I love you. You said bark a lounger one time to describe a quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> loaf of bread. There was another good one you had. I can't remember them all, but they're well, all he's, spot he's, on. He was, he was kind of Jack Cone, you know, not not a flashy guy. But at that point, yeah. he was a senior, and they got a new coordinator. And um, Clayton Thorson turned into a good enough quarterback to win that division, and they actually yeah. gave uh, Ohio State a run for their money in the uh, championship game. So. I think with a with a, a, a new coordinator, sometimes you get so many you, you, your your head starts spinning with all the different leaders you've had, like the wide receivers at Penn State. Yeah, I mean you can you can understand how they might be bewildered after four of them. Now they're going to have Stubblefield finally as somebody for a consecutive season. Um, I think this coordinator switch could really help. You know, we're putting a lot on 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 your sitch, but but. I could see how Sean Clifford could benefit from this this switch. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'd be I'm real fascinated to see, especially since it looks like they're going to def. I, I don't see any way they don't have some, you know, representation of spring practice. That'll I think help as well. That's something that Kirk didn't have, and I think Zoom meetings only go so far. I think I think on field instruction, in person instruction. Having the receivers and quarterbacks around, I think that'll definitely help. Kind of like this one. If we had an opportunity to crack pads, for real, you and me. <laughs> who, who wouldn't want to see that, Dave? Who wouldn't want to see that? All right, remember we're about the, halfway through, Davey. Remember the, remember the Millen thing and the Millen of football life? With, with, uh, with uh, who was it, Randy? Who was, who was doing his recruitment? From Maryland, Randy oh, White. Oh yeah, yeah, Randy White, and he, yeah. yeah, he Randy White came in from Maryland. He was, I think, he was with the Cowboys. <laughs> he went into Andy Milosky's office, and Miller tried to test him, and they arm wrestled, and it didn't, it didn't go so well. And Randy beat Matt, and Matt got yeah. Matt, Matt crazy. came across at him, and, and 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 got all pissed off, and Randy lifted him up by his neck, and yeah. said, "In the spring." In a couple of, or next year, we'll go for real. <laughs> of all the Matt Millen stories, it's got to be. If it's not number one, it's like one A. It's, it's really. A I know great. it's true. It's so believable. You know it's not. You know he's not even embellishing <laughs> no. it. Is that no? They had Randy. They had Randy White on it. You know they oh, had. Yeah, right if, if you if you watch a football only life, Matt Millen would try yeah. Randy White. Only Matt Millen would try yeah. Randy White. <laughs> Come on! What a what a great story, and yeah. his father his father leaning over his mother because uh, who was it? Bill Mallory was in to recruit him from Colorado. Yeah, and he said, "Mr. Millen, your son's a prick, and we need pricks at Colorado." Daddy, <laughs> call me a prick. He was all excited, and, and yeah, yeah, he goes, he says to his wife, "Matt's a prick. That's good. That's good." <laughs> okay, Davey. Hey. 
this isn't necessarily Penn State related, but I if Penn State fans are going to want to hear about this. Is it just me? Why does Urban Meyer always think he can play by a different set of rules with some of his talent acquisitions or coaching hires? I just feel like it's the same story. He never really learns from previous, you know, just just asinine mistakes. Like, what's what's going on with him? The Chris well, Doyle. Do you, know, do you know anyone in life who keeps surrounding him or herself with uh, people, the supplicants, I guess, the people just who yes, man, do, think everything you yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. Do you know people like that and how that what they if if people don't say yes to them, then they they switch them out. Yeah. They they cross them off. Um, I think he's always done that. And further, when things got rough. He is just he, when when the posse got close to him in Florida, he quit. Um, then his he miraculously recovered. You know when the Ohio State job came up months later. Yeah. Um, he had uh, health issues this time when Michael Drake, the president, challenged him. He couldn't get that suspension overturned, the three game suspension. You remember that? Yeah. For the Zach Smith uh, event. And he quit again. And, you know, both times he claimed health issues. I'm sure he's had health issues. Yeah. But his main issue is not getting his way. That's my read on it. Yeah. Uh, well, you're, you're an NFL guy. What did you think when you heard this story for people who, have, who weren't paying attention or, or when, when got I think by? Chris, fans have a Chris, Doyle, yeah. Chris Doyle was the Iowa strength coach. And he was ousted over the summer for all sorts of uh, rather wacky things that he said to Iowa's black players that were racially either offensive or suggestive or just stupid. Yeah. And um, Urban thought he'd be fine for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like he never, (laughs) talk about tone deaf. You know, you're going to, you, you wouldn't try that in college, but you would in the NFL. Like those guys are going to let you let you slide. I mean, what what are you what are you thinking? And and you 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 know about NFL players probably a lot better than I do. So what what would your read? Uh, to me, it just smacked of a guy who didn't know quite where he was yet, and it 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 bodes ill for his future. Kind of like. He might be a Steve Spurrier or a Nick Saban in yeah. the in the NFL. Really good coach yeah. who doesn't translate, right? It just it's it smacks in me of a guy that literally he has blinders on outside of just winning, coaching, and you know developing. But he doesn't really think about the human side of anything, like nothing. And it just that was it was it was you could have literally taken bets how quickly. Uh, I guess Doyle ended up resigning, but that was probably, you know, there was never really anything from the Jaguars saying, hey, uh, we we messed this up, should have thought it through better. I think Urban actually defended it, saying he vetted the situation and he didn't see any problem at all. And then I think that's when it, he doubled down, Dave, and that's when it, it, everything just blew up art. Yeah, well, he, he, he flat out lied about the Zach Smith thing. Uh, you were there in Chicago, yeah, right? Chicago. Yeah. I mean, he just flat out lied about it. And then he was caught in a lie. And he still got away de- with it. 
Kind of. You could, well, you could debate whether Drake, um, whether suspending him for three games was the right move, but he's the president of the university. And this kind of thing flies at a much higher level a strat a, a, a atmosphere than than is his ballywick you know he he needed to understand that but not to him because he's been he's been facilitated his entire career no matter where he's gone i mean certainly right. at utah then to to my reigning at florida and ohio state i mean his whole career uh because he's a very very important coach well you know and and the the NFL, it's a player's game. Yeah. In college, it's a it's a coach's game. I think you can say that both about the NBA and college right. basketball, the NFL and college football. And I think he's about to find out. Yeah, I just was I just I just was real curious because I know that you you probably when you when you saw that play out, I'm sure you had some kind of reaction. I just wanted to get yours. I wasn't sure. Did you write I didn't know if you wrote wrote about it or not, so I just wanted to ask you. Oh yeah, I wrote I wrote a, a whole column. Sorry, on exactly that. that. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's close this blue white breakdown with a fun little thing I like to call Dave and I talk favorites. So in the last ten years, I don't. Want, I'm going to ask you for not your three favorite players at Penn State to watch in the last decade, but three of your favorite players because I'm sure you have more than three. So I want to see if maybe between us we'll, we'll talk about four or five lines, because I'm sure our, our list will, will differ. So from like 2010 on or 2011 on. Um, Why don't we call it the Bob Flounders era from 2002 until. No, no, because we can, that's a, we can do it. We can do a different thing that down the road when we're stuck on. It could be a Bob Flounders gala entering your 20th season. Plus I only, I only, I just, my list only goes back 10 years. So then I'd have to pick another list, Dave. So give me two or three guys. You just love, they, they didn't have to be the best players on the team. But, man, you love watching them play at Penn State. We've done this before, but I just want to see – I don't think everyone's heard some of your takes. Just give me just give me, what's the first guy that comes to mind? Actually, you know, you know, the first guy that popped into my mind was Allen Robinson. Um, yeah. Because – a great one. During a kind of an arid, dry period when O'Brien uh, needed some excitement, needed yeah. some – needed a guy – to lift up that offense. And I mean, he, he made some spectacular plays. Of course, the, the last one against Michigan and he's still, still doing well. Did he leave the bears? Is he gone or what's yeah, he's going like on? the prime free agent? I think yeah. he's, he's, he hasn't he's, left about, yet. he's about to get really, really, really wealthy and he's earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he has yeah, a, good, a good quarterback in the NFL. No, that's what I was getting to. I mean, yeah. Mitch Trubisky and he's still, this guy has not played with a one quarterbacks basically his whole career you could say or situations you know i'm not going to put all that on on christian hackenberg because christian hackenberg had no protection his last season uh, a lot of his his time at penn state but yeah he has not had an optimum situation and he's had to be the guy um, for a lot of his time, and he's just done it anyway. So he would be one. Um, another receiver, uh, Chris Godwin, would be my second also, pick. Also set to make a lot of money. 
I think his contract's up as well. Yeah, he's 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 looking to be gone from Tampa, correct? Well, I mean, he's got a pretty – I mean, if they pay him, like, I, I wouldn't go anywhere. That team looks like it's pretty solid for a little while. Tom's going to play for another 17 years, so why would he leave? <laughs> but do they – do the do, do, do the Bucks have no choice but to – well, I mean, you talked about it. They, you know, they, they, I think they've already paid Mike Evans. And I think, right. you know, t- they, they like Tyler Johnson. You talked about him. Mm-hmm. It was a steal. And they got Scotty Miller, who made the play against the Packers. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't let Chris Godwin out of there. Bruce Arians says he won't, but, you know, he's not in charge of the Bucks cap. So. To, to me, when you have one of those guys who can get way downfield, they both had a quality that is vastly underrated for a deep, especially an X receiver who can get down downfield, judge a ball, and use his body. Yeah. Not only rise to to to, to top end a ball, you know, high point a ball, but use his body to ward off. Uh, you know, Michael Irvin was great at that in the he NFL. Was. Very good. Um, it, it kind of, kind of an acrobat as as well as a guy with great hands, and that's what Godwin was. I mean, he made so many plays like that, where he he would he would physically um, muscle, you know, almost muscle catches into his hands and then catch them. Yeah. Um, that's so valuable for a quarterback to just be able to throw a ball up in 50-50, a 50-50 ball and have trust that your guys can not only bat it away if it's really not catchable for him, but a lot of a lot of times catch them. And I think Trace McSorley really, really benefited yeah. from that. And the third one would have to be Barkley. I mean, my God, uh, that's an obvious answer, but mm-hmm. geez, you can't. We'll never see. Uh, we'll never see. That'll be the old NFL films. I wonder, Bob, if we realize <laughs> what we've yeah. watched I in the last that, I three years. I, he's never. He can never be what he was coming off that that serious knee injury. But I hope he's close. I hope he's close. Yeah. I mean, it's not Gail Sayers fifty years ago when. Yeah. What do you got? You he got hurt in nineteen sixty eight, and yet he right. had a couple of really good years after that. But you could see he wasn't the same. Yeah, I don't think medical science is really ready to repair that ACL back in the late '60s, and they probably no, got, it, it, they yeah, probably yeah, that's, it up that's what I'm saying. But, and but and still, he turned himself into a different kind of of runner, um, almost like a fireballer. If it has to be, oh, he's making an appearance. See, we haven't. Oh, hasn't, you found him. He's been sleepy. He's, he's like, Dad, I didn't go too far Nick's, from you. Nick's, Nick's home from college. So he's been staying up with Nick till like, and godly, three in the morning, four in the morning. And then he's, he's sleepy. Are you sleepy? He is sleepy. It's noon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look at him. You've been hanging out with mom? He's, he's sleepy. He yeah, should have his own there. podcast, Dave, honestly. <laughs> I don't know how we'd work it out, but I'd be willing to sponsor him. Look at that face, How Bob. do you say no to that face? <laughs> Look at him. Yeah. He's when he when he when he yawns, he does that thing where he snarls. He's funny. They're all different. Yeah. Uh, but Barkley Barkley did stuff that we did. We you haven't seen. I mean, have you seen a college back do that kind of no. stuff? We we used to struggle for a comparison in all of college football in our years. Yeah, there really um, was. It's really hard to. It's really it, hard it was kind of kind of like maybe Ladanian Tomlinson or the combination of speed yeah. and power. 
right. Tomlinson at TCU is kind of what we yeah we ended up with, but but there really wasn't a good comparison. The things he did in the moment to evade to evade contact with the leaping and the jumping and the spinning and the the way he cornered just just an amazing player. Dave, real quick before we go, I want to I'm gonna I'm gonna give you three of my favorites, um, and they all play together. They all play together on the 2012 uh, Bill O'Brien defense. It was actually Ted Roof's defense. Mowdy, Hodges, and Hall. I love watching all of them play for different reasons. Mike Hall actually was even better when he was with James Franklin and when he played in 2014, when he almost made every tackle that season. Well, I was a, I was a huge Gerald Hodges fan, man. Hodges, Hodges, I I loved I loved the way that he played. He played so hard. Michael Mowdy, same. I wish he never had a knee injury, but he was he was a phenomenal phenomenal athlete. And Mike Hall on that defense actually made some very big plays. A little bit undersized, but he didn't back down from anyone. I just loved the way they played. He, I thought they were a big reason. Bill O'Brien was an offensive guy first, and he had Allen Robinson, and eventually he would get Hackenberg. But those three linebackers had, a, I think, a pretty big say in how that 2012 season played out after the 0-2 start. Um, that was a pretty good defense. Only a real, I really only felt like Ohio State with Braxton Miller was the only defense that really could kind, could kind of get the better of them. I, even the Wisconsin game that year, they couldn't do much. You know, they went out to Nebraska in that, the Matt Lehman fumble game, and they gave Nebraska's uh, offense – a hard time. I thought that was a good, good defense. And I thought those guys really, um, I mean, they really, really represented the standard of linebacker you. And, I, you know, for different reasons, they were all NFL linebackers, but it's rare to see three of them like that. What's become of Braxton Miller? I don't know. He okay. became a receiver. Uh, uh, he transitioned to receiver. I think Bill O'Brien drafted him with the Texans. Yeah, remember we thought he was going to become Antoine Randall. Yeah, he wasn't quite big enough, and I he could never, he, well, you could never stay healthy. The thing about Anquan Bolden is, he could play. He must not have. He must have had the highest pain threshold in the league because he played through everything. No, and, Antoine Antoine Randall L. I thought I thought Braxton. Oh, oh I thought you meant Anquan Bolden. I'm sorry. No, Antoine Randall L. Yeah, yeah, he was another good one, but uh, he. Uh, but yeah, Braxton Miller, just kind of a tweener, you know. He probably his best position was running back. He could play quarterback and played it well. And then they made him a receiver, I think, just because his arm wasn't good enough and he was a little small. But all right. Well, I know you got a you got a German Shepherd to attend to, and we're about out of time, Dave. But I as do. Al- as always, I enjoyed it. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Probably to talk about Urban Meyer again. No, I'm just kidding. We'll talk about some other stuff. Hopefully spring practice is going to get started. Might be talking about a new Penn State basketball coach at that we point. We can do that. We could can be. do that. I wouldn't Maybe mind. Maybe not, though. Huh? Maybe not, though. Uh, Might take longer than that. All right, Davey. Talk to, you in a, talk to you in a couple weeks, man. See you, man. See ya.